Hey, thanks again for joining us. You picked a great weekend to do that. We start a brand new series today called Faith, Hope, and Love. Now, if you've ever been to a wedding, you probably heard that passage, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and these things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. See, so for those of you that were hoping social distancing was going to last forever, sorry, eventually it's gonna end. It's not in there, I'm just saying. But along those same lines, let me add this. People are taking that seriously, as we should. Um, but I'm telling you, when I went to J- my son Jake's school, uh, we had to go there. He's 12 years old. We had to go to his elementary school and pick up some books, you know, for the homeschooling thing, uh, which, by the way, has brought me uh, backwards in my walk with Jesus. I'm just saying. On, on the flip side, though, I have not gotten any emails from teachers about my kids' behavior. So, I mean, there's that. So there's a win. Um, but uh, we're in line, and we're waiting outside Jake's school because they're only allowing a certain number of people in the school. So I'm waiting there on the sidewalk, and there's a woman in front of me, and she's at, we're at least 10 feet apart, at least 10 feet. But she's kind of turned back looking towards me. So I see the line moving, so I kind of take a step. And she jumps back and kind of freaks. I'm like, she kind of freaks out. I'm like, what in the heck? I said, I'm just, if you turn around and see the line, you'd know that that's what's happening right now. So I'm like, whatever. So the line moves again. I take another step, and she jumps back again like I'm going to abduct her kids. I'm thinking to myself, okay. You want to get weird? We'll get weird. So I, I crouched down like this and looked right at her. And I said, one, two, and I just, I, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that, but I thought about it. So I still need your prayers. Um, I, what? So I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to lighten things up a little bit. I know it's a serious situation, but God says, always be joyful. I'm trying. You know, I went to the grocery store, still got to get groceries. So I check out and I go to the, check, the, the checkout gal and uh, she asked me what she's asked you probably many times. She goes, did you find everything? And I said, why? Are you hiding something? And she's like, <laughs> she's like what? I said, I'm just, I said, I'm just kidding. It's just like, you know, like it's a scavenger hunt and you're hiding something. She goes, what? I said, forget it. Don't worry about it, okay? Back to your original question. No, I didn't find everything. Where's the toilet paper? You know, it's like, whew. Last week, if you joined us, you heard me say opposition. Say opposition. Yeah. Opposition brings opportunity. I believe this time in our lives, it's a huge moment. It's maybe bigger than what we think. I believe it's a defining moment, in fact, in our lives, in your life, in my life, in our families, even to future generations. I believe that with all my heart, that it's gonna impact us way beyond us. And the decisions that you and I make, like the way we respond, the way we react, how we, how we go about doing business in the next days, weeks and months is going to determine the direction of our lives forever. And when, it, when push comes to shove, we can really, really boil it down to two things. We have two choices in this time. You ready for them? Say, I'm ready. Type, I'm ready. Are you ready for them? Here we go. You can freak out or you can faith up. That's right. Say faith up. Faith up. Type faith up because that is the title of today's message. Tell it to somebody on your couch right now. Tell it to somebody in your bedroom right now. If you're in the bathroom watching this, well, I'm just going to leave that alone. But tell it to yourself because we're faithing up today. I want to take you on a journey. The journey that we're going to go on together is going to cover uh, some scriptures throughout the first six books of the Bible. And uh, there's scriptures that are based on the word of God, on God's specific promises. See, God has promises for you and I, and they're there for the taking. It's true. He's been giving promises since the day Adam and Eve were in the garden. And then then to Abraham, which I'm going to show you one of those right now. A promise that God gives. A promise that he has. 
So if you, if you got a Bible or you got your mobile device, your phone, I know you got it with you, open it up. Open up your Bible app and go with me to Genesis chapter 12. I'm gonna read you the first two verses. You ready for this? Genesis chapter 12, verse one. Here we go. The Lord said to Abram, okay, now that's Abraham. His name got changed later, but same guy. Said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go, say go, and go to a land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. That's a promise. I will bless you. That's a promise. I will make you famous. That's a promise. And you will be a blessing to others. This is a promise. First of all, when God wants to bless you, and when God blesses you and I, it's never just for you and I. It never is. He wants it to flow through us to others. That's huge. I will make you a blessing so that you could bless others. Man, so good. Now, now, pause. In the world right now, we know things are uncertain. We get that. Think how Abraham felt. You want to talk uncertainty? Abraham, I know this is all you've ever known, but I'm asking you to go to a place. I'm really asking you to go into the unknown, okay? If you just thought about Frozen 2 right there, you're not alone. I actually did too. Into the unknown, but anyway. So what he's telling Abraham, faith up. You're going somewhere you've never been before, and so are you and I. This is huge for us. Faith up. We may not know what the future holds, and honestly, we don't in a lot of cases, but I can guarantee you something about your future. Your future is paved with the promises of God. It is, but those promises are dependent. They are dependent on whether or not we're going to respond, we're going to react, we're going we're to move in action towards faithing up. They, they, they depend on if we're going to faith up or freak out. This is the word that God has for you. So let's continue on our journey. What, what happened now is the Israelites were God's chosen people. That nation that he talked about with Abram, well, that nation right now was Israel. That's who the blessings were going to flow through. Well, the Israelites, this is, this is years later, the Israelites are in slavery. They're in Egypt, right? And some of you, you've heard this story, right? Moses, he goes in to Pharaoh, the guy in charge, let my people go. Pharaoh's like, mm, nah. Moses is like, let my people go. Yeah, I don't think so. Let my people go. Okay. You know, finally he gives in through the hand of God and a little nudge from God. Pharaoh gives in and Moses leads this million plus people out of slavery and into this promised land, a land flowing of milk and honey. This is the promise to them. So this is the point they're at. They're let out and they get to, come on, you know the story, the Red Sea. They get to the Red Sea. That's where we pick it up. So they're at the Red Sea. They're facing opposition, but more opposition is coming because Pharaoh's changed his mind. So now he's coming from behind with his army to come this way. So they can't go that way and they don't feel like they can go that way. Are they going to freak out or are they going to faith up? Inquiring minds want to know. Let's find out. Are they going to freak up, freak, freak out, or are they going to faith up? Here we go. We pick it up in Exodus 14. Exodus 14, verses 11 and 12. This is the response from the Israelites to Moses as they look at the opposition at them from both sides. Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have we done to deserve this? Why did you make us leave Egypt? 
Didn't we tell you this would happen while we were still there? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. They freaked out, completely freaked out. But listen to me, those who freak out are always living in fear. I'll say it a different way. Those who freak out always assume the worst. They always assume the worst. What were the Israelites thinking in themselves? We're dead, okay? If they catch us, they're gonna kill us. If we try to go this way, we're gonna drown. There's no way out. So they freak up, they freak out, and, and, and they start to just, they, they, they go off on Moses. But this is, this kind of reminds me, let's put it in modern days. I don't know if you've ever done this with your kids, but I remember one time Jody and I were taking our kids to a nice restaurant. We thought, you know what? Let's treat ourselves to something nice, something that maybe doesn't have a drive-thru attached to it. Nothing against that, but I'm just saying something different. And the kids, they're kind of freaking out because we're like, ah, we'll just surprise you when you get there. And they're like, well, where are we going? Where are we going? Does it have McDonald's french fries? And I'm like, well, no, it doesn't have McDonald's french fries. It's not McDonald's. Oh my God, oh no. Does it have nacho fries? Nope, nope, no nacho fries. It's not Taco Bell. Oh my God, where are we, why, where are we going? And then we pull in and it's a new place we've never been to. And they're like, oh my God, no, I don't want to go here. And I'm like, you've never been here. This could be awesome. It's going to be great. No, I don't want to get it. Oh, got fries. I don't want to. Well, you know what? If it's, a, if it's a big struggle, your mom and I will go in and we'll enjoy a dinner. And then we'll come out and we'll see you in the car when we're done. Oh, and then we'll go to Taco Bell? No, then we'll go home. Oh, my God. You said meanest dad. Okay, yeah. But freaking out. But why would they freak out like that? Because, because it's, that's, it's what they know. You're, you're taking them from something that's familiar. You're taking them from something that's normal. Oh, catch that. Listen to this. One of your biggest oppositions in your faith is what's normal. One of the biggest oppositions you face when it comes to your faith is what's normal. But listen, you can either exist in the normal or you can live in the supernatural. You can, you can exist in the normal or you can live in the supernatural. The choice is yours. That's the beauty of free will. So get this, we'll pick up our story by God's hand, not because of the faith of the Israelites, but because of Moses' faith, God parts the Red Sea. They walk through the Red Sea. They get to the other side. The Red Sea sh shuts in on all the Egyptians. They're taken out. Listen to the response of the Israelites. We pick the story back up. Let me see where we're at. Exodus 14. Exodus 14, verse 31. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're on the other side. They're safe. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. They put their faith in the Lord and in the servant Moses. Of course they did. It's easy to have faith after the miracles happen. I mean, what? There's a cure for the virus? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. What? I didn't get sick through all this? Oh, thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. I got my job back? Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. What? My 201K is starting to look more like a 401K? Thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. But true faith is trusting God before the miracle happens. Trusting him before the miracle happens. It's believing when you cannot see. It's knowing that when you don't see a way out, that's when your God makes a way in. You should be praising God at home right now. True faith. It's, after, it's before the miracle. It's before the miracle. Anybody can have faith afterwards. 
This time right now, we wouldn't need faith if we weren't in a crisis, right? It's why it's so important. It's why it was so important to them. Man, so now they get to the point. The Israelites, they're through the Red Sea and they're getting ready to take the land finally, the promised land. And they send 12 people in to survey, to scout it out, see what it looks like. Let's see if they really have that true faith that they exclaimed after they went through the Red Sea. They scout out the, they scout out the land. They get back to Moses. This is what they say. We pick it back up in Numbers 13, verses 27 and 28. This was the report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore. And indeed, it's a bountiful country. It's a land, just like God said, go figure, flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. It's amazing. Verse 28. But, repeat after me, that's a big but. That's a big, I like big, anyway, you, it's, this is church, it's but with one T. It's a big but. But the people living there are powerful. Freaking out. Their towns and, and cities are fortified. Freaking out. We even saw giants, descendants of Anak. Freaking out, we continue. Same chapter, Numbers 14, verses 2 and 3. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us into this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as slaves. Let's get out of here and return to Egypt. They're freaking out. They want to all go back to slavery, it sounds like. And why are they freaking out? Well, fear is the underlining factor. Fear is the underlining factor. And I'll tell you this, fear always follows the path of self-preservation. Think about that for a second. Why are we hoarding so much? And why are we, why, self-preservation, it's all about me and it's all about this and I need to, I need to stay where I'm at, I need to be okay. And, and, and we stay where we're at in the mess that we're in because we're trying to preserve something that maybe isn't worth preserving if we think about it. They freak out. And what is the end result? Well, God's promise is the same. It's just not for them at that time. They don't realize the promise. They don't step into the promise. They don't get the blessing of the promise because they freaked out. This is, so I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Did God want them to enter the promised land at that time? You better believe it. Did God have more blessings even waiting for them once they entered? Yep. Did either of those things happen? Mm -mm. You know what happened instead? 40 years they would wander in the desert. 40 years, by the way, the 12, the 12 spies that went in, two of them did have faith. I, I should mention that. Of the 12, all of them didn't freak out. Two of them faithed up. Caleb and Joshua, they were actually trying to talk all the Israelites into saying, hey, we can do this, we can go, we got this land, we can make it. But, but fear does crazy things. And fear in them caused them to want to kill them. They wanted to stone them. And then Caleb and Joshua were like, all right, well, let's not get carried away here. So 40 years, they would wander and now Moses is on his last breath. And God takes Moses up to a certain point where Moses can see the promised land. And this is what, this is, this is so crazy. This is what God says to Moses. Of course, it's centered on a promise. Just like we started in a promise with Abraham, Moses' life would end with a promise. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse four. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is the land I promised on an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When I said, I will give it 
to your descendants. See, I believe at this period in our lives, God has brought us to a point where he's taking us up on a hill and he's saying, he's saying look at what I have for you. And we don't, even have, we don't even know what that all is. But that's why faith is so crucial and critical. Say faith up. Faith up. Faith up. And God is saying, look at what I have. My promises are still true. We're in this in-between time. Now we can freak out and we can revert back to what's normal for us, which many people will unfortunately do. Or you can faith up. And instead of reverting back to the normal, you can step into the new. See, I want something new and I believe that you do too. You see the promises are there. They're there. We just need to step out in faith and claim them. This is what God has for us. And it's interesting. So 40 years pass. You know, in that 40 years, every one of the original Israelites died. Think about that for a second. Everyone. So every Israelite of the million or million plus people that went out from Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, every one of them is dead except two. Say two. Type two. Two is a big deal. Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua. By the way, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Wait. Wait. Those are the two, those are the two spies that had faith like 40 years earlier, right? Yeah. See, God's promises are so awesome. They're so individual. You can own the promises of God. You can own them with your own faith and step into them. They're yours for the taking. Caleb and Joshua, 40 years later, everybody else is gone, but they're not. And now they lead the charge. They're in charge. And, and so what do they do? They're going to survey the land again. They don't send 12 and they only send two. They send two people in because God's promises, they're getting ready to take the land again 40 years later. The two spies go in, not really spy. Well, yeah, they are spies. And they're going in to just scout the land. They set up shop at a person's house in Jericho, enemy territory, in a wall of Jericho where the person lives. Here's what's crazy. The woman who lives there, her name is Rahab. Rahab is the center of the story. It's so, and it's weird, listen to me. For anybody, by the way, anybody that thinks you can't be used by God because of your past, because of your mistakes, because of where you've been or what you've done or even what you see in yourself today, oh boy, can we look at Rahab for a second? So let me tell you a little bit about her pedigree, okay? She's a pagan, which means she's not a Jewish person. Strike one. She is a woman who is considered less than in this, in this time, in this culture. Strike two, and she is a prostitute. Strike three. I mean, but yet God selects Rahab to be at the center of one of the greatest miracles that's ever taken place. I mean, aren't, aren't you grateful that God would select who man rejects? I mean, aren't you grateful that, that God is a God of second chances, of third chances, of fourth chances? Aren't you grateful that there's hope for people like me who have messed up, have a past, have screwed up, they're jacked up? Listen to me. If that describes you, you should give God some praise because you're exactly who Jesus came for. This is, oh my gosh. I get a little excited when we start talking about God's promises because they're there for the taking. And Joshua and Caleb knew it. So they're scouting the land. And Rahab, the least of these, is at the center of it. And, and she had faith. That's why God selected her. It wasn't random. It wasn't like, ah, uh, no, no, no. God isn't random like that. He's very strategic. He watches us. He looks for faith. He looks for who he can bless and who he can use. And he saw it in Rahab. And you know how I know that she had faith? Listen to this scripture. It'll blow you away. It'll blow you away. 
It is Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. This is why he selected her. Before the spies went to sleep, now they're at Rahab's house. Before they went to sleep that night, Rahab went up on the roof to talk to them. Okay, now why they're sleeping on the roof, I'm not sure. Social distancing maybe was a thing back then too. Don't know. But they're on the roof. She goes up to talk to them. Listen to what she says. We're all afraid of you. Everyone in the land is living in terror. But before she said that, look how verse 9 starts. I know the Lord has given you this land. Wow. She knows it. She's not debating it. She's not doubting it. She knows. And then she admits, like I just read, she admits, they're freaked out. And I'm scared too. But, but, and the spies, when she said that, the spies would know the land is ours. Because Jericho, that city, was living in terror. They were freaked out. And when you're freaked out like that, when you're living in fear, you're not living in victory. You will not have victory in that. And, and the spies would know. And you might be saying, well, wait a minute. Rahab was, Rahab was afraid too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she admitted she was afraid, but guess what? Her, her faith was bigger than her fear. Her faith was bigger than her fear. Think about her faith for a second, can you? I mean, Rahab, <laughs> she's willing to risk it all. Like if she gets busted with these, with these Jews in her home, she's dead. Dead. So she exhibits faith. She's willing to sacrifice everything for a God that she barely knows. I want faith like that. That's faith. I love it. So then we get to the, so 40 years later, we're at the cusp of the promised land again. Here we are. The apex, the climax of the story, Joshua 3, 8. The Lord is speaking to Joshua. This is what he says. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. So they're carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the, the Ten Commandments, and they're gonna go first. The priests are gonna go first. And he says, when you reach the banks of the Jordan River, because that's all that's separating them now from the promised land is the Jordan River. On the other side of that river is the promised land, a land flowing of milk and honey. When you reach the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. In other words, take a few steps and faith up. Take a few steps into the water. Now, before you start thinking, now, oh, what's the big deal? It's a little, a little creek. Creek or crick? I don't, whatever, it doesn't matter. It wasn't a creek or a crick. It was a raging river. The Jordan River, if you don't know, averages probably 300 feet wide on a normal day. On this day in the spring, when it would have been a flood season, probably was a mile wide. They're crossing a river that's a mile wide. It takes faith. It takes faith. So, so what do they do? The priests lead the charge. They step out by faith based on what Joshua told them, based on what God told Joshua. They put their foot in the water. Say miracle. A miracle can happen. A miracle did happen. They would step in the Jordan River, and you know what happened? The water started to wall up on one side and was suspended by the hand of God through the faith of the people. The rest of the, the, the river flowed down and dry ground as the priest would stand in the, the middle and over a million people would walk through to a land that was promised hundreds of years earlier. I wrote it down. Unless we're willing to step out by faith and obey God, God can never open a way for us. He can't do it. 
We have to step out on faith. We have to do it. it it's not easy. Joshua, I, so Joshua took over the helm for Moses. What's crazy is in, the, in Joshua 1, God is encouraging Joshua. And, and not only encouraging him, but he's commanding him. See, faith isn't a suggestion. It isn't like, gosh, I really, if you had faith, it'd be awesome. You know, things would go better for you. But either way, that's not what God says. See, faith is a command from God, not a suggestion. So God is encouraging Joshua. And look what he says to Joshua in chapter one, verse six. I'll start there. Listen to this command. Be strong and courageous. Say strong. Say courageous. Type strong and courageous in the comments. Strong and courageous in the, be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead the people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them. Verse seven, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them, Joshua. Turning to the left or turning to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is his command to you and I. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I'm telling you, if you will be faithful Faithful with today. God, you can trust God with your tomorrow. Faith today. Say faith. It is by faith it happened. It is by faith they walked through the Jordan River. It is by faith that God's promises were realized by Joshua, Caleb, and a new generation of Israelites. Oh, by faith. This story is so impactful to me. I think of all the faith from the priest stepping in the Jordan to Caleb and Joshua standing up to millions of people and then entering into the land. But Rahab's really blows me away. And I don't know if it's because, I, I don't know if it's because I can relate so much to dysfunction and messing up and screwing up and thinking that God is done with me, that God, that I have, man, Maybe you can relate to that. She had to, she had to have felt that way. Think of her, of all the people, her past, her profession, her problems, and that God would use her. I bet she would think that's laughable. <laughs> Some of my friends I'm sure watching right now that have been with me in the days before I became a pastor or really knew Jesus, I'm sure me being a pastor might be laughable. It's still, it's, I still wonder, God, what are you thinking? I think that almost every day. I'm like, I don't get it. I wonder if she thought the same thing, that God would use her. She exhibited, the only one in Jericho who exhibited faith in the Lord, Rahab. And God would bless her, not only bless her, but she would be saved from what happened in Jericho. The only one is her and her family that lived there that would be saved from what happened. I've made so many mistakes, so many mistakes in my life. But God hasn't give up, give, give, given up on me and God hasn't given up on you. What I love most about Rahab's story is of all of her circumstances, all of her history, all of her dysfunction, all of her sin, she didn't focus on that. 
She didn't focus on the circumstances around her. She didn't focus on the mess before her. It, it would have been easy. I'm almost blown away that she didn't. But she didn't. She didn't focus on that. My question for us is, what are we focused on? Especially with what's going on right now in our world. Are you focused a lot on your circumstances? Are you focused a lot on situations happening around you? We shouldn't be naive. We should be informed. But what are you hinging the promises of God on? Are you acting by faith or acting by fear? Are you freaking out or are you faithing up? We need to ask ourselves these questions. How is it defining you? Your decisions, your attitude. Remember what I said earlier? The decisions we make today, tomorrow, this week, this month, they're huge. Maybe way bigger than we know. Rahab's decisions were huge and she could have easily freaked out, couldn't she? Think about based on what she saw. Can I remind you what Rahab would have saw? And she wouldn't have to go to CNN. She wouldn't have to go to Fox News to see it. All she had to do was look out her window. And what she would have seen is the enemy surrounding her. What Rahab would have seen is neighbors panicking and freaking out around her. What she ultimately would finally see is the walls of Jericho crumbling before her. But I came to tell somebody, listen to me, I came to tell you, don't let what you currently see make you forget what your God has said. He is with you. And if he got you this far, he will see you through to the end. If you believe it, you should be jumping up and down right now. Oh. Father, he is at work. The Holy Spirit is moving and wants to do something supernatural in you today, in this time. I believe it with all my heart. And I'll close by saying this. God brought them out so he could bring them in. He brought them out of bondage, out of slavery, out of a mess so he could bring them in to a promise, to, to beauty, to, 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 to newness, to abundance. I wonder, I wonder how many people have been brought out, but they're in, this, they're in this season of wandering and wondering and wilderness. And God's like, why do you, why are you, why are you there? I parted the Jericho. The priests are standing in the river. All you need to do is trust me and walk by faith and step into the land, step into the life that I have for you. This is, like, I, I'll be straight up with you. Lately, I try not to do a ton on social media or get on there a lot. Because honestly, people are crazy, okay? Not, not you, of course, other people, other people. But uh, people are crazy. But I did, I did see something that was good. Actually tied in perfectly to what I'm talking about, to what God's talking about. It was a quote. <laughs> Listen to this. In the rush to return to normal, consider which parts of normal are worth returning to. In the rush to return, to get back to the way it was, to get back to where we were, is that really what you want? I get there's some facets we want back to normalcy. I get it. But I guarantee you there are parts of your life and mine that God has something better 
And rather than fight for the normal, rather than fight to just exist, and I'm just going to live this way because this is the way I've always lived, and it's always been this way, and I've always responded this way, and I've always been dysfunctional. What if, by faith, God is calling us to something new, to something, to a place we've never been, to an unknown, by faith? God, take us out of the old, bring us into the new. Are you living or are you just existing? Jesus himself said this, I have come that you, I'm talking to you, that you might have life and have it to the full. That doesn't mean just get by in mediocrity. It doesn't mean just to scrape by. It doesn't mean just to go back to exactly the way it was because that's what I know. Jesus promises more. Jesus died for more. This is what I want for you and for me. That, that God, you would take us out of the old and bring us into the new. A newness that only Jesus can give you faith. Do you know how you're saved? Do you know how you're saved from hell? Do you know how you're saved from sin? Do you know how you're saved from addiction? Do you know how you're saved from dysfunction? Jesus. Jesus. But it's your faith. For God so loved the world. That's a promise for everybody. That he sent his son Jesus to die. But not everybody's going to step into that promise. Did you know that? So the promise is for everybody. But only the ones who would faith up say faith up. Only the ones who would faith up and say, I I want that. That you would send your son to die on a cross for me. Rahab was saved. Not because she was good. Rahab was saved because God is good. That's, she didn't deserve it, and neither do we, but God says, I love you, and I want something more for you. So Jesus came. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, by the way. And Jesus Christ would come. God would send him in our dysfunction, because we're a lot like the Israelites, aren't we? Messing up, freaking out, sinning, straying, going, go, doing our own thing. And God says, I love you so much, Jesus it's time. And Jesus comes on a cross and he dies. And, and, and the, but he doesn't stay dead. This is what Easter's all about, by the way. Three days later, Jesus Christ would burst forth from the tomb, defeating sin, defeating death, giving you and I a chance to live, stop living in the old and start living in the new. But it's by our faith it will happen. God's grace and mercy is there. The promise of that is there. Will we, by faith, step into that? This is my prayer for you, that you right now will ask yourself, am I truly living a faith-up life? Have I really surrendered everything to Jesus? Am I living in abundance, or am am I living in scarcity? Am I living by faith, or am I living by fear? This is, you gotta own it. Caleb and Joshua, they owned it. That's why they, they were the only two that entered. Own your faith today. The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ will be saved. I pray in this moment with everything in me that you will call on the name of Jesus. You will say, Jesus, I want all of you. I want abundant life. I don't want to wander anymore. I don't want to be in the wilderness anymore. I don't want to be in depression anymore. I don't want to be be in this. I don't want to be living this way anymore. I want the abundant life that you promised and it's there. Surrender it all. 
and, and, and just let us know so we can celebrate with you and love you and walk with you. But if you by faith want to just accept Jesus and say, Jesus, I want that life. I want that newness. I want to go from the old to the new. I want that by faith. I'll accept that you died for me. You rose for me and that you're coming back again. You are the son of God and you love me. And he does if you didn't know that. He loves you. And if you want that, just let us know. Let me know. Type, I have decided. I have decided. Put those three words in comments right now so we can just celebrate with you. I have decided. It's got to be your choice. It can't be anybody else's. It has to be yours. I have decided. I have decided. Joshua and Caleb, they decided. And they saw the promised land. The, the priest that stepped in, they decided they saw the promised land. Rahab stepped in. She, she did what she was called to do, and she saw the promise. I have decided, listen to me, in a world that keeps changing, in a world that's always going to be shifting and shaking, we don't know what the future holds. We don't. But we know the one who holds the future, and he doesn't change. He is the first and the last. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is Jesus, and he loves you. You should praise his name for the next 15 seconds because he is good. He is God, and he's on the throne, baby. And he's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you according to your faith. My prayer for you, faith up. If you do, I promise. The best is yet to come. Father, I thank you so much for your word and your truth. I thank you so much for the gift of the past to see that your promises are true. We don't have to just speculate. It's proven all throughout the word of God. When they walk by faith, promises are realized, stepped into, and lives are changed. When they freak out and live by fear, well, they never, they never see the promise that you have for them. God, we wanna live by faith. For the people that commented and wrote, I've decided, God, be with them. The angels rejoice, we, we rejoice with them. Thank you so much for people that are ready to walk not by fear, not freak out anymore, but walk by faith, God. Bless them, bless their families. God, we thank you so much for Jesus. With him, there's hope. Without him, we are, it's over. But thank God we are with him and he is with us. Father, we celebrate you today. We celebrate your goodness. We celebrate that you're in charge. Thank you, God, for being in charge. And we ask for you to continually, continually guide us, Father. We need it. We love you so much. We thank you for your word and your truth and your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray and we all say, amen. God bless you. Hey, thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We wanna invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching and God bless you.